Welcome to the other half of FIFO Life podcast. Join me on this awesome journey as we explore what FIFO Life looks like for the partners and families at home. In this positive space, no topics are off limits as we chat to experts in their field as well as the average person living their best other half of FIFO Life. Hello, hello and welcome. We have the lovely Dina Cooper here with us today and we are talking everything parenting and consistency and just raising our beautiful little humans. So let's dive on in. Dina, welcome. And can you tell us a bit about yourself and your journey and why you are so passionate in this space? Hey Nat, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, it's such I I love um, everything we're going to be talking about. Uh, anything about little humans and bringing igniting their potential is uh, is right up my alley. So thank you. Um, how did I get into the space? It's um, I've been a parent coach now for twelve years, and I career changed. I was an accountant um, before I became a parent coach. So. Uh, very much didn't like my old old work and uh, wanted something that I felt really passionate about and when I became a parent um, what I noticed was that when I was on when I was the one at home and my husband was the one going out to work for those first couple of years um, I, I was really resentful as a parent and I would you know, be resentful when he left in the morning. I'd be salty when he came home. Um, you know, you've had a break. You've been able to have, you know, come home on the bus without anybody pulling at you. Or, you know, <laughs> and uh, I was, I was quite, quite resentful of of um, me being at home with the kids. And I think that, you know, for many of us, when we're we're been on uh, been working and we're and we're used to having our own careers and then all of a sudden you know our times our schedule changes our body changes our you know our energy change, like all we have all of these changes virtually overnight uh, our relationship changes with our partners and then you know we've suddenly got a deal <laughs> and um and so you know, and that was that was one of the main things was that I was feeling really resentful. But um, then I had I've got two sons. Uh, they were two and four at the time. They're now teens. And my two year old, I was um, my four year old. I found quite easy to parent. Um, my second one came along, and I found he, found parenting him so much more challenging. And I was finding myself reacting in ways that I wasn't particularly proud of. And so that sent me on a whole journey of um, starting to look for ways that I could help myself. And at the time, I thought career, career, um, changing my career would be a good thing, you know, finding what I love to do, finding a bit of me again, you know. And uh, and coaching had come up already in my past, and I you know, wanted to try and look into that again. And I went to a coach that I thought was going to support me with helping me transition to a new career. And what actually happened was I transformed as a parent as a result of that coaching. And that that almost virtually once I finished that program. Um, 
made me realize that, hey, if I don't know some of these skills, then perhaps other parents don't either. Um, I was happier. I was more content in myself. I was much more, I felt much more in my body, like present in the moment with my kids and, and enjoying them. That's not to say we didn't have challenges and all of that. We did. I just, I just had the resources inside of me to deal with them better. And, um, and I started to learn about my children's and their, their motivations. And we can talk a little bit more about that um, and how I could connect in with them better and how I was um, not connecting with them prior to that in the way that I wanted to desperately as a mum. So that that then led me on to write, well, if other parents um, might want to know about this, I'm going to start sharing. And so I became one of the first parent coaches in Australia. So at the time, people didn't even know what a parent coach was. And uh, and I started writing all these articles and going out to radio and all of those kind of things. And uh, yeah, it was, that's where it all started. <laughs> That's it's listening to your story. And this is the thing, like, as you said, being one of the first parent coaches, because let's be honest, previous to um, people stepping into space, previous to having the internet, as parents, we took advice from the generation before, but who said that they were doing it right? Or, or where were they getting their knowledge from? And, you know, as parents, we don't have to be perfect. But when we understand what makes us tick, and then we look after ourselves, then we can show up better and parent better. And that sounds like that's part of your journey. Um, Now, I know that um, you've talked about beliefs and beliefs we have about ourselves and how um, that can, and our children's beliefs and how that affects the dynamics in the family. Um, Obviously, our listeners are partners to FIFO workers. And so having... um, uh, the other parent away it creates a whole nother dynamic and it can be an absolute blessing like at times when you've just got one parent in the household there can be a lot of consistency because there's only one person doing it their way but then at the same time to have that other parent stepping in and out um can create um can create its own set of issues. And so having your insight on this topic is going to be absolutely amazing. Um, What type of influence do you think having a parent stepping in and out can affect on consistency? You know, whether, whether it be the beliefs that our children are forming or that we're forming or what type of impact. Have you got any insight you can share on that? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think, A big part of um, being a parent is we're building a relationship with our child and um, that depends on connection, it depends on trust, um, you know, and it's it's actually the micro behaviours that we have that build that connection and build that trust, right? So um, obviously, like you've got this really different dynamic with FIFO parents. So you've got you've got this, um, um, you know, as you said, you've got a parent away for long periods of time. So, you know, that phrase where people say, you know, just showing up is enough. But in this case, um, if your parent one parent's away, they can't just show up, right? Like they're not physically there. So yeah. I think that there's there's um, there's a real opportunity there to. Uh, figure out different ways to connect 
And one of the things I was thinking about as I was um, thinking about coming to speak to you today and and how, um, you know, how families can thrive, because that's essentially um, what I'm all about is, you know, how can a family you know, thrive, not just survive, not just get by, but how can they really feel like they are living their best family life, right? And so, you know, one of the things is learning about your children, the way that your children receive connection, right? Um, you can do the love languages test, which is widely available. So that's one way that you can um, understand your your child's love language and therefore, you know, making sure that both parents are, you know, when, when they are there, that they're, they're speaking in their child's love language. But, you know, you could take that a little bit further and go, well, um, you've probably heard about these different types before, but, you know, you've, we all process um, information in different ways. So some of us like uh, are convinced. So we call them convincer styles, right? So some of us are convinced by seeing things. Some of us are convinced by hearing things. Some of us are convinced by reading things. Some of us are convinced by having an experience of things. So if we know that about our children and what style they are, um, for example, if you've got a child that is convinced by hearing, then a uh, the parent that's away, you know, making sure that they have those opportunities to either leave a call if, if time permits, or leave a voicemail, you know, so that that kid can play it later or whatever it is, so that, you know, you've got that point of connection. Um, if you've got a child that's visual, then, you know, record a video if time doesn't permit or FaceTime if it does, you know, so that there's those, those little tiny micro things that you can do that then build build that connection whilst the parent's away. Yeah, and, and with that parent being away, obviously that consistency, as you said, they can't just show up consistently day in, day out. Um, so if you, you know, you don't have that consistency or that time spent with the child, that the ways that you do interact is using that visual, that hearing, that feeling, and that's really connecting. Um, something, and, and this is a bit of a, a quirk about me when I was younger, my mum used to go away for work as well. And my mum, I always wanted my mum to leave a jumper behind. And it was because it was the way it felt and the way it smelled. And I think sometimes when we're adults, we forget about how kids see the world. And we sometimes think that just using our words is enough. And as you said, if you can understand you know, which your child works best with, then you can maximise that little bit of interaction or that that um, make the most of that time. That's fantastic. Um, another... So that, the jumpers mm. like the kinesthetic, right? The mm. child likes experience. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's a kinesthetic. Or it could be like a, a olfactory well, as well. Like yeah, smell, right? exactly. It was olfactory. It was smell. And then yeah. it was what that was it feel. Look, to be completely honest, I think it was the olfactory, it was the smell. I now yeah. know that my um, convincer or my primary representation is audio digital. But right. obviously, if you and, and if you don't know, and I'm sure this is sort of, as you were saying, convincers, if you don't know which is your child, hit them with the lot, like give them sound, give them hearing. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're gonna you're gonna get the mark somewhere, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um so as you were saying, like when you didn't 
uh, before you'd done the um, worked with the coach and sort of understood yourself better. Um, and you talk a lot about beliefs. And as a parent, we have our own beliefs. And then, then we don't often question them <laughs> until we're sort of put in parenting and we kind of have that mirror held back up at us. Can you, over your years of working with parents, can you share with us um, how some of sometimes our own beliefs can affect our parenting style? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I kind of, uh, I just want to step back a little bit um, with the beliefs and, yeah, sort of talk about us as a whole human, right? So, um, you know, we're a human being. Um, we have the way that we think we have the way that we feel we have the things that we say and do um, and we're also a lot more than that right like we're also this this being this 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 person that comes in and you'll see it with your kids right your kids have come out come from you know often from the same parents but they're so completely different because they come out in the way that they're going to come out right so I think that when we we have um when we talk about beliefs um and often our beliefs are formed pre the age of eight so that means that whatever we're exposed to during that time um that is you know that's pretty much what we're growing up with right but until we get to a point where we have a child who puts that mirror up to us or we get ourselves in a challenging you know, relationship or, you know, we're, we're um, uh, you know, we're trying to build a new career or a business or, you know, somehow challenging ourselves and we're hitting up against these blocks, right? Um, these blocks are only ever, you know, something that's in our structure that, that can always be changed, but we don't know that they can be changed until we step back and actually take some time to go, actually, you know, I'm not gelling with my kid right now. Like what, what's going on? Like, what do I believe about this child right now? So I'll give you an example. So I, um, when my second child came along, he was really um, comfortable in his own skin. Uh, he was very opinionated. He knew exactly what he wanted when he wanted it. Um, he didn't want to go and hang out with other kids. He wanted to go and do his own thing. Um, and it pushed all of my buttons. It was the exact opposite of who I am. Like when I, um, you know, have people over for play dates, you know, I want to converse with them and I want him to interact with them. And, you know, I've got all of these beliefs about how, you know, this child should operate. <laughs> and, um, you know, and, and, you know, he was completely different and it pushed every button that I had until I looked at, well, what's the button that it's pushing? And when I when when I peel back the layers on the things that got to me the most, like really the, the ones that sent me into rage, like in an instant, that, those kind of moments, you know, um, it was it was around um what I call um, external referencing. It's one of the motivations that I help, like we measure parents' motivations and it's one of the motivations that we talk about a lot. So external referencing is about placing authority outside of yourself. And it's about um, 
and wanting to take in information and ideas. So, you know, right now, listeners listening to podcasts, you know, they're listening to all this information. And then the other end of that spectrum is what we call internal referencing, backing yourself, having your own gut instincts, having your own opinions, right? Um, And so, you know, here I've got this internally referenced child and I'm so externally referenced to the point where, um, you know, I would only ever clean the house. Uh, like I'd make sure the house was immaculate when people came over because it had to be spotless because I was always worried about what other people thought because other people's opinions was was like more important to me than my own. Yeah. And so, and so, you know, here he is just being himself and, and I'm an external referencing is what makes me an amazing coach. Um, you know, it's one of my key strengths, which is why it was so you know clashing with his his internal yeah yeah it was actually part of my gift part of my part of my humanness right and so you know it it's when we when we start to peel back the reasons why we feel so triggered and you know we start to really understand hey this is me and I'm still very externally referenced but now I've develop flexibility to be able to um at least acknowledge the internal reference for him yeah such that he feels seen and heard right yeah Yeah. and it's so interesting because as you said now mind you if I'm not sure if you can hear the kids in the background I I haven't I haven't added that audio just for the benefit of this podcast so I have four children running around the background um it's really interesting what how you explain that because all too often particularly as adults we don't challenge our own thoughts feelings and behaviors like when we're younger that's challenged all the time in the classroom you behave like this you should think like this we're pulled up all the time by parents by family by yeah as adults we go unchecked and then quite often then justify our feelings and our behaviours when when we act a certain way. And it does take a lot to go, hang on a minute, um, what is that, you know, why am I having such big emotions to to what that child's doing? And previously, and if you don't understand, um, hadn't gone on that journey that you have or, or done any training, you would just say, oh, well, that child is behaving outside this belief, so therefore it's wrong and so therefore I'm justified to to tell them off. And so it does take a massive step to to actually want to be a better parent. And the way you explained that, I think, was it was so true to, I think, a lot of people's journey as parenting. Um, And to hear it from somebody that's not just giving that advice going, oh, you know, you know, don't give into your own triggers and what have you going. I've been there and I've gone on that journey and the other people can as well. Thank you. That was explained really well. I appreciate that. Um, so obviously, if anybody, and, and I will get um, you at the end to sort of explain if anyone wants to, to connect with you, um, that it's far more complex than you just giving some advice and then people going, okay, I got this, but it, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Have yeah, you yeah. got any sort of like strategies that the listeners can just take from 
now to to implement those so just some little tidbits if if as you said that resonates with them and they're like oh okay I'm getting off this podcast and I am going to make some changes what strategies would you would you help what would you offer that you think may just make a little shift in the in the interim until um they get more support so um would would it be around the consistency or look, yeah look what? yeah that's a really broad question to ask you because there's so much um it is, i think it is the consistency because mm-hmm. uh, and this might just be um my perception of parenting but when when we we all know what we would like to be like and I think when the inconsistency comes in is when we are giving into our triggers or giving into those limiting beliefs. So, um, yes, it is probably around consistency. So, okay, I would like to speak to my children calmly. I would like to hear their perspective. I'd like to be able to explain situations to them so that, you know, I'm not just yelling at them, put the shoes on. I'm going, please put your shoes on because we need to get to da, 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 da. So it is probably around the consistency because then that helps in all other areas. Yeah. So I think it's like, um, um, like on my programs, it goes, lead yourself, lead your family, lead your child in that order. Right. Mm. And I think one of the, the biggest areas for all parents, but specifically FIFO parents and especially the other half, right. Is, is around like, that self-care component right and um and you know especially if you don't have a support network around you and you know you're kind of coping you know you live in the day-to-day on your own that self-care has got to go like another level right <laughs> and um and I often talk about the diff like self-care is not a cup of tea you know um it is and it can be and it, it's a it's a it's a little breather mm-hmm. but when we when we talk about being parents and self-care in the context of parents or even if you care as whatever um we we really want to be looking at are we addressing our needs are we mm-hmm. addressing what's really going on for us so mm-hmm. when I was feeling so resentful and I'd love like all of you know all of your audience to to do this is um is is uh in my in my anger I wrote down everything can I swear on this one <laughs> I wrote yes, down you every, absolutely can every everything that I did on a day-to-day basis right everything I um you know wiped a tear I you know mopped up a spill I, I feel like that's the accountant talking I will document <laughs> I replied I replied to the school I you know, made the shopping list. I, you know, and I wrote it all down. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, and I split it up into, into categories. So we go, as so this is like listing all the responsibilities, right? It's going, mm-hmm. um, what are the mental responsibilities? What are the physical, like mental is like, you know, helping your child, um, um, overcome like you know think positively like all of mm-hmm. that you know being the right mindset for friendships all of those yeah. kinds of things, right um then you've got um 
your physical responsibilities, you're driving them to activities, mm-hmm. all of that. Then you've got your emotional responsibilities, you know, and you want to make sure that you're acknowledging the, you know, if they're feeling upset that the parents are away or that, mm-hmm. you know, something hasn't gone their way or whatever, like, you know, all the emotional responsibilities. Um, and then you've got you've got your your financial and your, you know, um, like you've got all the responsibilities. And I can share. I can share something with your audience to to help with that. Mm-hmm. You write down everything, and then you go with your partner. You go. These are all the responsibilities, and you and I together are responsible for all of these. Okay, mm-hmm. and and we are responsible fifty fifty equally for every single one of these, and then two things happen when you do that the first thing is that you've suddenly gone wow I do so much on a minute to minute basis right and there's this sense of acknowledgement and you know now you are hearing yourself you know you are hearing you are really tapping into um this is I do so much every single day right Mm -hmm. and the second part of that is that there's a real sort of unveiling if you like of um the reality of parenting like mm-hmm. we are constantly you know our time is like 24 7 we're on mm-hmm. you know whether or not we like it we are like there's mm-hmm. something there's a tab open mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. yeah and so it's like unveiling that and making that a a really clear and open um open space for acknowledging together we're both responsible for this we both brought this child into this world we're both responsible then that's the first part and then the second part is going okay now that we know that we're both responsible for all of this what's the explicit agreement around who's responsible for what Mm. and it's it just changes the game because it because you could feel so alone as a parent, you know, like you could feel so alone in your in your day to day, um, and you know when you you've got another half that's not there as well, like you know, it's not just a feeling of loneliness, like you know you can also feel it, it's a physical, yeah, physical as well. Yeah. So so it's really going we are in this together yeah and it's 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 acknowledging and and creating that and yeah. so the agreement then becomes well you know if even though a partner is away it doesn't mean that they can't respond to school notes or do yeah. all the things that are outside of you know normal like the hours when they are available yeah. right they, they could still talk their child through the playground incident that happened today mm-hmm. or, you know, and, and help them emotionally through that. Like it's, it's really, um, it really just brings out into the open the reality of what it is to parent and all the responsibilities, the mental load. That, that is real. That's a brilliant technique for people to use. This is something that I've said a bit and will continue to say is, and the, I know this is relevant for people that aren't FIFO, but is absolutely something that comes up. I say we are not equal. 
Like we are not equal and we never will be. And for in, you know, in the FIFO space, if you're the parent at home, then you carry the load of what goes on at home so much more. And then the partner on site carries a lot of responsibility that they're, you know, they're bringing in the wage and, and that it's not about, well, who does more or, you know, trying to make that equal, but it's actually putting your egos aside and acknowledging what both people do and then showing respect. And that technique kind of enables um, to, as you said, bring it out into the open, look at it, um, have the discussion. I'm really, my family dynamic is really lucky because I have worked away and my husband's currently working away and he's been the one at home where I've worked before. So we've kind of, although with kids, it, you know, when you're the mother, and I know this isn't always the case, but quite often when you're the mother, obviously you carried that child for nine months and then you breastfed them or bottle fed them. So there's that sort of dependency on you that isn't necessarily transferable to the other parent. But this technique is so beautiful because it kind of enables you to bring that up into a conversation. And as you said, when you feel like you're not respected and your needs aren't met, resentment comes out of that, doesn't it? And this yeah. technique sort of starts that um, uh, narrative. That's amazing. Thank you. Um, and now the next question um, goes into those needs. And as you said, that self-care, have you got some tips that you have um, discussed and used with other parents on helping to sort of create that little bit of balance around self-care? Now, I know some people listening to this are going to laugh like, yeah, yeah, whereabouts in there am I supposed to? And every person's individual, your age of kids, what your demands are. But can you just share some tips that you've worked with other parents with? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that I'm a big advocate of is um, changing the conversation from work, you know, work, like family balance, you know, care, self-care yes. and family balance to blend. Yeah, because there's um, no balance. Like balance indicates that it's going to be even. Yeah, there's some, sort of, there's some sort of holy grail. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. get on that Harley ground. Yeah, that that seesaw's never really sitting even. Let's be honest. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so you know, really, just you know, putting that to the yeah. side. So, so if we think about, um, you know, balancing self care with all the other responsibilities, and we look at it through the blend perspective then, um, you know, there's three key things, I guess, like um, uh, the first one is uh, your flexibility in the way that you're thinking. So um, I often talk about either or thinking, right? Um, it's either got to be me showing up for the kids or me taking time for myself um oh you know and 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 that either or thinking just immediately puts a um puts a lot of pressure on us so really being able to think of um you know the self-care component with everything else as a both and how can I how can I you know be there for the kids and also take care of my needs right yeah. it's a shift in thinking and it's a big shift in thinking because many of us I know certainly I did when you know I, one of the things that I had to work on quite intensely was 
um, this this either or thinking everything's you know right or wrong or you know my son's right or I'm wrong or you know and my self-talk around that was really severe um, you know I would I would um, put myself down tell myself I'm a bad parent you know all of those things but that's all around this same either or thinking I'm either good or I'm either bad well yeah. you know what about all of that stuff in between where we yeah. I was I was pretty okay in that moment and yeah. I was you know yeah. not so good in that moment you know like just really and, and not being so good in that moment doesn't undo all the amazingness that you are as a parent and sometimes we do that don't we and yeah. no one puts that on Instagram why they're being irrational with a three-year-old so yeah. we're not we're not thinking anyone else is going around doing that <laughs> Exactly. maybe I should put that on Instagram I know I know maybe I should too yeah absolutely yeah um, and so, so right I love like, that so, blend so the first the first thing is like that shift in thinking that flexibility in thinking is is thinking well you know how do I take care of my needs and mm-hmm. um be there in the way that I want to for my family right yeah and um, yeah. the second one is uh, our expectations so um you know moment to moment you say you've got say you've got you know uh something planned uh to to take care of yourself you've got a massage booked or something your child wakes up and they're sick whoever's coming to look after them doesn't show up or you know has to cancel and all of a sudden you are now you know there's there's a change and you know that change can feel quite weighty right and so really being able to meet reality where it's at uh, is a big skill it's a big skill and and I didn't have that skill either like you know I had a lot of expectations of how I wanted my day to look you know like um but well, especially it, because for before parenting, you had how many years that this is what your days look like. I know. You can't prepare you over it. I parenting. <laughs> Throw that book out and start again. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so you know your expectations and really managing your expectations around what the reality is right now. Mm. It may you may not like it, mm. and you may not may not be as you want it to be, but. It is, it is, you know, yeah. that happened and, you know, the, the, the person has cancelled or, you know, yeah. you have had to change your plans. Yeah. So, you know, or my child is sick today or whatever it is. And, you know, to be able to meet reality where it's at without yeah. the angst is, is a skill. And I'm, I'm going to just highlight for the listeners how important um that expectation is when your partner is away versus home so I've had periods um since having kids where my husband and I've been together for a long period of time because of COVID and that so he was home for a long period of time and when you're not always but when you're in each other's space you your your expectations and everything tend to align a little bit more because you're you're communicating more freely, more openly, and you're in the same space. I know that that's not always the case, but particularly with FIFO, and I know that this is a um, issue that lots of people deal with, is where some of the friction comes is the expectation of the person at home 
um, versus the expectation of the person, the, the partner that's away. And then you're coming together. And if you haven't discussed those expectations that you're talking about, then the um, the resentment can come in or why don't they understand? But sometimes it is simple as a communication on those expectations. So, you know, that is just a, a fantastic piece of advice that getting those expectations for yourself and making sure that it's communicated um, with your partner. And one thing, and I'm damn sure you work with parents about this, is just because that's your expectation doesn't mean it's going to be your partner's expectation. And having that conversation about how do we kind of meet somewhere that 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 the expectations align somewhat. <laughs> because, yeah. and I'm sure from, from you, you sharing your journey, your husband's expectation of of what being a mum and 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 having young kids look like um mm. wasn't necessarily what your experience was um and also uh, you know we hear a lot in the FIFO space that the partners at home and then when when their FIFO partner comes back their expectation is that they're going to help with this and they're going to do this and they're going to do that and then get that resentment when that's not what happens but unless yeah. there's that open communication, which I'm sure that you work with um, parents with, then, yeah, they need to align or there's going to be that friction with ourselves and with our partner. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a bigger, th like another piece around that, um, just to, to wrap that up, like we were talking about consistency earlier and, you know, having that open conversation about the responsibilities. Um, on, um, uh, on my program, we do um family values your family game plan amazing yeah because, because I think that um some like communication on a day-to-day -day basis is different to strategic communication right and strategic direction so I know that's sort of using a bit of corporate language there but you know we want we want to have an overall direction of where we want to go as a family because you know I, I talk a lot around um becoming becoming the parent you wish you had um mm -hmm. because um you know, we have inherited our parents' ways, whether or not we see it like it, <laughs> uh, you know, we, to some degree we have, and they might not be our ways, and that's often where the friction lies. And so mm -hmm. when we do processes like family values, where we go, this is what I want to instill, this, this is what we together want to align on instill in our family and instill in our children, and, you know, it might be that, um, you know, health uh, is is a big component of that family values, right? Healthy children, but also healthy parents. So therefore, you know, it reduces that that moment to moment decision making when partners come home and, you know, um, the one of the partners wants to go and go and take, you know, do some self-care or whatever, like, you know, have have some time because that's part of the health component of our family values. And now it's no longer a question, right? Now it's like, oh yeah, absolutely. This is, you know, this is really important to us. Yeah. And that's how we can eliminate a lot of those day-to-day -day frictions, um, especially in your environment where, mm -hmm. you know, you haven't got a lot of common time together. Um, yeah. That overarching direction is really important because it's also that, the way that the parent that goes away can slide back in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
Because now there's no, it, you've got your overarching way that you're operating as a family. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're not having to keep having what's important to me conversations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, that you that you that you you have a baseline and, you know, yeah. as you said, you're not trying to create that baseline and obviously, you know, as as parenting changes and life changes, you're going to have those conversations, but you haven't got to have that every 2 weeks and you come home. Okay, what's your needs? What's my needs? You sort of know. Yeah. That's awesome. Now, you mentioned sort of about your program. I'm sure that there is going to be um, a number of people listening to this that's like, I need Dina in my life. (laughs) How do they get more of you in their life if they want support sort of really around that that parenting and consistency? Yeah, so... A um, couple of ways, so they can um, the 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 parent the program's called from stress parent to best parent. Uh, it's an eight module program. It runs um, next intake will be March next year, and uh, it allows parents to go through um, a module each week online and then come along to like a group Q and A um, where. Yeah, they get supported on the journey of developing this, a lot of the skills that we've talked about today, you know, meeting reality where it's at, helping our, manage our expectations, how we tune into our children, how we get aligned and that create that consistency as a family. Um, so every module is, is sort of built on that journey. Um, and then at the end of those eight weeks, you know, it's really about looking back and going, you know, this is where we've come to. We've created our own family we've got our own alignment around the way we want to parent and the way we want to parent our child and um and so that's that's sort of the program um and then the um uh there's a quiz that parents can go and take if they want to um to actually learn more about you know their style as a unique parent you know because we we've talked a few you know throughout this around being the parent that you want to be, um, not the parent that you are conditioned to be. Yeah. Right. Um, because that's who your child needs. That's the best yeah. version of you. Mm-hmm. The best version of you is not, you know, operating from a way that doesn't feel aligned for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's really about learning your own individual way. Awesome. I will put the um link in the show notes for that quiz. Um and that is an awesome little freebie that you're offering the listeners. So that's fantastic. Um, I'm going to hit you up with one last question. And we've and and this is always, people always go, oh my goodness, um, because you come on here because you have so much knowledge. But if you could give one piece of advice to a new parent, and I'm sure it's going to be relevant whether your child's 15 or five days old, if you could give one piece of advice, what would it be? <laughs> um, I think we haven't really talked about this so it might be a new bit of information but I think it's an important piece is that um, we are never going to be perfect parents um, and we want to embrace the messiness of our imperfections right um, and you know whilst we're doing that we can also learn ways to really support and uh, ignite the potential in our own kids to be who they are fully in the world. 
And one practical thing that you can do on a day-to-day basis, whether your child's a baby or whether your child's a teenager or even an adult, um, doesn't really matter, is is, um, not attaching any feedback to identity. So when you're, you're, you know, talking to your child and you're going, um, um, you know, good boy, good girl, rather than using language, because we talk about good being attached to the identity there you want to actually go that was great behavior that was you know great that was a lovely thing you said um and really separating out um the identity um there's a lot of information um you can go and read lots of blogs that i've written around that but i think that as a parent that's one of the most important things we can do is embrace our imperfections and also um, you know, really support our children to be who they are um, and using language that doesn't attach their identity helps with that a whole lot. That That is like mic drop. That is an amazing piece of advice. If you are listening and that really resonated with you, fantastic. If it didn't and you don't fully get that concept, I absolutely recommend going and reading some of Dina's blogs because I would have to say when I'm sitting down with adults, whether they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, we are going back to childhood and looking at exactly what you're saying, where they took on a belief because more than likely someone said something or something happened and they attach part of their identity to that and then once that starts to not work for you you know especially whether it's good or bad because some kids you know they're the naughty kid at school and then they attach their identity to that and that can be then problematic but on the flip side you could have always been the good girl and then in adult life you're like hang on a minute that you know I was just performing so if you don't get this concept absolutely go and read some blogs if you do get this concept then it is the most important piece of advice as parenting thank you so much and thank you so much for coming today and talking in this space because parenting is important to everybody and society, yet we get no manual. And if you don't train in the area and then you are raising the next generation and if you haven't done the work on yourself, you show up in that space with your limiting beliefs and with generational scars and things like that and that just taking the time and investing in yourself will make a world of difference in your family. Thank you. Thank you so much for showing up today and talking to us, Dina absolute pleasure Nat. thank you so much and thanks to everyone listening and uh, yeah just reach out with any questions anytime amazing thank you